0: This conference will now be recorded.
1: Well, hi, everybody. This is Andy Robbins with Metagenics, and it's my privilege to uh, have as my guest here Dr. Scott Bergman. And uh, we have him on here today just to kind of talk about the seminar that's coming up on November the 2nd in Indianapolis and November the 3rd in St. Louis and uh, i'm just going to let him run with it here here in a second uh regarding the seminar content and as many of you know who have already talked to uh, emily uh, smith in uh, there in the st louis area and myself in indiana about the seminar you know already that um, the content is the umbrella topic is inflammation and under that umbrella topic we're going to be covering a lot of ground in this seminar it's a pretty ambitious day but if anybody can can pull it off, I think Dr. Bergman can, so we'll be talking about the neurological system, the endocrine system, digestion, a little bit on sports medicine toward the end of the day, and I know that those are not new topics for people, but uh, I think that we're learning more about these particular areas of the body, and of course, as it pertains to inflammation specifically, all the time, what was probably cutting edge five years ago, especially as it pertains to inflammation, some of that information is probably obsolete and antiquated today. So on that note, Dr. Bergman, welcome. Uh, I'm just going to turn you loose here and allow you to talk a a little bit about uh, seminar content and uh, some uh, key takeaways that doctors can expect when they attend.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, Well, I, I think what I'm going to be bringing to the, the day is, um, how I look at things, uh, I know the the functional medicine matrix is is a term that's thrown around a lot, but I really take that to heart and how one system really does affect the next, which affects the next, and um, uh, trying to divide and conquer these systems and getting to uh, the root cause. And one of the first concept that I like to go over is uh, something that I call uh, NURD, N-U-R-D, which uh, is just really a made-up term uh, on my part that stands for Nutrient Reserve Deficiencies. And uh, out of the 68,000 ICD-10 codes, uh, other than the traumas uh, related to those codes, every single chronic condition correlates to some nutrient reserve deficiency. So I like to go through uh, looking at the body uh, when there are symptoms and what the body is trying to compensate for, what the body is doing for us rather than at us with these symptoms. And then the body's a pretty um, uh, amazing mechanism. And normally when something goes wrong, it's usually because of an overcompensation, because of some sort of nutrient reserve deficiency. So I like to go through that concept first with everybody so that we're all on the same page. And then looking at the specific systems like the musculoskeletal system and biotransformation, liver detoxification, gut health, uh, all the way to, neurotransmitters, endocrinology, how they all relate to each other and how just by sometimes uh, removing the the offending inflammation and restoring the nutrient reserves helps bring the body back into homeostasis. So uh, I jump around a little bit. It seems a little chaotic at first, but at, The end of the day, I think I have uh, connected all those dots to to create a pretty unique picture of how I look at patients, how I uh, bring people through from start to finish, and uh, looking at the overall uh, uh, patient rather than just the symptomatology, which is definitely very common for, for functional medicine practitioners For some reason, I've gotten pretty lucky at at coming up with some very usable protocols and using uh, nutraceuticals, sometimes what we call off label. Meaning, uh, if there's a specific product that that has been uh, promoted as a specific um, for a specific uh, reason. Uh, I I usually peel back, look at the ingredients and say, wow, you know what? I really need that ingredient for this condition anyway. So let's see what happens when I, when I add this to my protocol. Um, I think it's, it's created a, 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 nice little way of, of addressing people's symptoms. Uh, as we move forward and as you said, after we look at some brain inflammation, we We'll even be talking about some concussion protocols, um, uh, going into some sports nutrition. uh, Some of the things that I had come across working with a a bunch of uh, professional endurance athletes and uh, some of the top in the world, number one and number two in Ironman, uh, what we found was most of their issues came about because of the inflammatory processes that they were self-inducing from their training and how that created almost a self-induced autoimmune condition dealing with sports injuries, dealing with um, sports-related conditions, uh, how I roll my functional medicine protocols uh, uh, that I usually use for chronic inflammatory conditions into helping with performance, even though it might not be a quote unquote sports performance nutrient. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of information. Uh, it's, uh, uh, but I, I think I've got it laid out where uh, by the end of the day, it'll make uh, perfect sense. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of the research that's, that's out there and then uh, how um, obviously that interpretative re- research, has then become actionable protocols.
1: So let me ask you then uh, to give us maybe a couple little teasers, if you would. I really like what you said about the off-label use of some of the nutraceuticals because I do believe that sometimes I've found this in the 26 years that I've been doing this, that sometimes the name of a product will sort of lend itself to doctors thinking one-dimensionally about that product and so often they don't do what you do and uh, think about it multi-dimensionally and think oh well this combination of, of ingredients would actually work very well here i want to give you a little quick example of that then i want to hear like maybe just one example of how you use a product off label for an intended application that's very different than maybe how the product was promoted but i have a client who uh, had a, a doctor friend come to him with about 25 warts all over his body and he would tried everything from nutraceutical to medicine and nothing seemed to work. Uh, well, he actually gave him uh, an MCHC containing product, a microcrystalline hydroxyapatite concentrate, bone extract, uh, and he gave him that product for warts, which would not seem to be something that you would think of first for warts. But it worked because two months later, the patient came back, and I think all but two of those 50 warts were gone in two months' time. That was actually replicated by a client of mine who heard this same doctor lecture uh, with a, a young boy of eight years old, same result. And so when I asked this doctor, I said, what made you think of that product for warts, for goodness sake? He said, well, you think about it, um, the, uh, much of the immune system is concentrated uh, in the bone marrow, so if you help to stimulate that then since other methodologies other products protocols did not work well let's try this and man what a result so with that in mind then can you think of maybe one product off the top of your head who that you've gotten really good results with something that's totally off label that you wouldn't normally think about for that application uh yeah maybe um maybe
0: i could even come up with two um the, the first one that I, that I come up with is um, MetaRelax um, because of the taurine. I love, love, love taurine. And uh, taurine has been shown to help dissolve oxalates. So with some of my uh, uh, patients with ADD, ADHD, I'm recommending that they take the MetaRelax uh, uh, twice a day uh and also it's just a little bit of apple cider vinegar uh just to cut the sweetness it gives it a little tanginess uh patients love it either cold or hot uh like warmed up as a as a hot drink um and uh oxalates are 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 a big issue with um with kids with uh, attention issues, whether it's uh, ADD, ADHD, even they're finding a large uh, concentration of oxalates in uh, uh, children with autism spectrum. So dissolving the oxalates is, is one, of the more, one of the big um, focuses. And so even though the MetaRelax is to help relax people, um, giving the, the methylators Plus the the taurine in something that is tasty and and people are willing to, to drink uh, seems to work really well. So that that might be one thing. Um, the BioPure I use as um, you know the whey protein that has the immunoglobins I use a lot for uh, sports as a um, as a recovery drink. And I know the the immunoglobins uh, are used not so much for Uh, muscle protein synthesis, uh, like a a regular whey protein would be. However, uh, there is something called post-exercise immunosuppression, where after hard bouts of exercise, uh, the immune system is suppressed. And by making sure my athletes are getting uh, a a protein with a high amount of immunoglobins in it, Uh, That seems to help with that immunosuppression so that they're not getting sick uh, as their training gets tougher and tougher.
1: So when you say that uh, post-exercise immunosuppression, you're talking mostly about endurance athletes?
0: Yes, yes, exactly
1: okay well um that's really good insight so on some of the other uh headings here uh, on your in your seminar content let me just ask you to maybe give like one little quick teaser Uh, Per section here, and this should only take maybe just a couple of minutes here because I just want one little quick teaser Uh, The first section we're going to be talking about nutrient reserve depletion from inflammation and stress So uh, you'll be talking about the HPA axis uh, Cortisol and catecholamine dysregulation and also blood sugar and insulin resistance. So can you give maybe a little teaser from that section?
0: Sure I think when I talk about um, the nutrient reserve depletion, it all depends on um, not only individual's uh, uh, lifestyle, but their, their overall stress. And things like uh, B6 are required for uh, tryptophan conversion to serotonin and melatonin uh b6 is required for uh tyrosine to get to uh dopamine so if there is high stress uh b6 is definitely uh uh uh, depleted uh, at a much faster rate than what is commonly absorbed uh so we get to we'll talk a little bit about not only um absorption but conversion and then um uh transport of of something like a b6 to even the receptor sites and and making sure that all of those stations are are right for our patients so that they can absorb uh, a prescribed amount of b6 to help out with adrenal fatigue and, and and things of that nature and it seems that when there isn't enough nutrient reserve um that's when those organs start to have more and more problems. And that can be affected via either uh, too much cortisol because uh, the whole body is under uh, uh, more stress than what it can handle, uh, as opposed to um, just in, in a training fashion, if you're training too hard, too long and not recovering. So uh, we look at the, the the cascade of events between hpa hpt even the HBG access and the microbiome to um uh, the the gut brain access so uh, we'll look at how inflammation overall will affect the gut will affect the brain which then circles back and affects uh, both the adrenals and the thyroid and how to address Uh, the underlying cause first and then support uh, the systems that have uh, had troubles by uh, restoring those nutrient reserves and giving therapeutic
1: doses. So let me ask you about a chicken and egg scenario where that's concerned. Do you find that it's inflammation that's affecting the balance of the endocrine system or is imbalances in the endocrine system leading to inflammation or Is it both? (laughs) It it is both. It's it's both for
0: sure. Um, But we have to address both. And and that's where, obviously, you know, a a good consult and some labs come into play. But uh, you have to attack it from both sides. And uh, what I find is the number one goal initially is symptomatic relief because as a functional medicine practitioner, when patients are coming in, um, it's usually their third or fourth stop um, uh, that they're trying. It's usually their last stop. You know, their, their hands are in the air, they've given up. And the number one thing we have to do is give them fast relief within a very, very, very short time. Uh, or uh, they, they kind of, um unfortunately just don't see the the reason of of compliance so it's us it's up to us as practitioners to number one handle the symptom that they walked in with so that they um so we've provided them some confidence that that we know what we're doing so it's definitely both but uh it's it's important to address with these uh, patients that this would be a multi-phase protocol, but the very first thing that we want to do is give them relief. Once you give them relief and they have a little bit of confidence in, in what what you've done for them, uh, then you could start really peeling
1: back. Okay, excellent. So let's move on to digestion. Um, I'm not going to cover all the bullet points or ask you to cover all the bullet points in the flyer here, but one of these bullet points did jump out at me a little bit just because I don't know that much about it and I don't call on a lot of the practitioners that actually do a lot of organic acid testing. Can you just touch on that just real briefly and just define what that is and why that's important to the process? Yeah, essentially,
0: um, these are the metabolites that are produced uh, with uh, our normal physiology, and that's being able to, that that gets measured in urine, and um, uh, we could see an enormous amount of information uh, via what the body is getting rid of. So I think of it mostly as an exhaust right? The, um, the toxins that the body's trying to get rid of. And we get to see things like how well is tryptophan converting to serotonin and therefore melatonin? How well is tyrosine converting to dopamine? Uh, are there bacterial markers? So because bacteria and funguses and molds are live organisms, they have their own uh, physiological processes and therefore they have their own waste. Uh, it's very difficult sometimes, I, th- I think, to, um, to find a fungal or something like a candida infection in blood or in stool because candida can actually uh, anchor onto the tissues. So even though you might do a stool analysis, you might see very little uh, fungus in there. However, because uh, these are live organisms, they have their own metabolites that are released. Our body tries to process those toxins and eliminates them through the urine. So we can identify bacterial infections, fungal infections, um, yeast infections by looking at what these organisms are releasing because they can't hide that. So uh, a lot of times uh, we'll, we'll use the um, organic acid testing to try to uh, correlate not only symptoms, but uh, root causes. And then obviously we talk about the, uh, the, the protocols and how long it might take. But uh, for me personally, I've had some uh, very, very good success using that kind of a test and looking at the markers. the The lab that I use has up to like 75 markers, so um, it it really hits home with the patients of uh, uh, where this may be coming from, and it really seems to provide some uh, some benefit.
1: Awesome. That sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to learning about that. Um, Really quickly in the brain section, of course, this is just huge because number one, you know, Alzheimer's disease and other cognitive issues that have an inflammatory connection are now just epidemic in our culture now as well as we're learning so much more about concussions and traumatic brain injury especially as it pertains to sports of course Uh, so talk a little bit about just for a minute here about uh, some of the new things that you're discovering that may be an aha moment for traumatic brain injury well
0: once the injury occurs uh, that inflammation also affects the blood-brain barrier and once it affects the blood-brain barrier now we're having a hard time getting nutrients to the brain so that the brain doesn't starve and and die so uh being able to provide specific nutrients that we know uh cross the blood-brain barrier even in times of inflammation to feed the brain so that the brain can actually uh, send messages to the rest of the body to repair is, uh, to me, number one. And um, there's a few nutrients that we know uh, help out with uh, feeding the brain and that will cross that blood-brain barrier that helps the, the actual shock or trauma of that inflammation uh, once that shock happens we know that even though the the overall inflammation may have subsided over over several months the reaction of that brain the the the, con- the shock or concussion of that trauma still has uh, long lasting rippling effects Throughout the entire physiology, and if we're not addressing uh, that compensation to you know the body's trying to almost uh, protect itself, uh, if we don't reset that, then the body continues with that aberrant uh, m- messaging. So getting nutrients into the brain, past that infl- inflamed blood-brain barrier, and and helping the the brain uh, calm down is to me, paramount.
1: So is it possible then for someone who's had a concussion maybe years ago to then come in behind and address these types of situations and still have some level of success in helping to remediate the long-lasting effects of what may have happened many months or many years ago?
0: Yeah, we've we've had people with when we go back and look at some sort of history of, oh yeah, five years ago, six years ago. Um, and, I, and I still don't feel like I've got the energy. I still don't feel like I've got the get up and go. I still don't feel like I've got the, the drive. Um, and even the, uh, for, for a particular patient that I'm thinking about, uh, several gut issues and I was addressing, oh, we just got to deal with the gut. That's that's all we need to deal with. And then when we went back and, and dug a little deeper on their history and found that there was a TBI uh, from a ski accident, then um, I addressed it as if it were a new uh, concussion. And then my gut protocols seemed to uh, uh, work a little better. So. Uh, wow. yeah definitely the the long-standing traumas they really tend to uh, uh, redirect or or, uh, or reconstruct physiology all the way down the chain so uh, as a as a protective compensation to the original injury so I see it, very analogous to a really really nasty sprain strain in an ankle you know an individual starts to limp around that limping alters the gait that person's altered gait you know they no longer have pain in the ankle but they still have the altered gait then they go out and try to be athletic and they throw their back out that that's obviously a musculoskeletal compensation but to just as an analogy, I see that occurring similarly with uh, brain traumas.
1: Well, that that's fascinating. I I was an athlete myself and was a football player and had four concussions, so that's a <laughs> personal interest of in mine. So so uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that section. All right, so let's wrap it up here with a little bit about sports nutrition and um, just pull out maybe one little highlight that you think, uh, you know, maybe a, a, an interesting little tidbit on sports nutrition. Maybe uh, maybe talk about the injury cycle and inflammation perhaps.
0: Well, I think the number one thing to always remember with sports nutrition is everything revolves around recovery. Um, there's a lot of good, let's say, pre-workout nutrition that has some very, very good Research behind it, but the overall overriding factor that that needs to be addressed is recovery. And uh, uh, most of the time, you know, you either have people who who don't exercise enough, but then we also have uh, a, a very significant uh, sector of people who are overtraining. Uh, when I when I uh, deal with some of my professional athletes, they remind me that as a pro athlete uh, they've got one job that one job is to get, you know, better, stronger, faster, but for the age group or athlete, you know, somebody who likes to go out and compete or the weekend warrior or even the person who is exercising three times a week they don't take into account the stresses of their the rest of their day like the work that they have to do that pro athletes don't do uh they're they're dealing with their finances they're dealing with their their children they're dealing with their relationships and all of that has uh what's called a tss a total stress score on the body and often when we look at pro athletes uh they mostly have the physical stresses and everything for them revolves around uh recovery and we lose out on that you know people were, are getting up at uh 4:30, 5 in the morning to get their exercise in so that the, they can then put in an eight hour day so that they can then go home and be a parent um and and, and try to figure out their lifestyle. So I think the number one thing that we talk about with uh, sports
1: performance
0: is the right way to recover.
1: Awesome, well, um, this is gonna be a pretty uh, jam packed day with, inflama- uh, with information on inflammation, I can tell, uh, so, uh, but, one of the things that uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you uh, regarding is uh, the fact I've heard very, very good reviews where your seminars are concerned, pertaining to just making it really, really uh, practical and applicable and um, very easy to implement the next Monday after the seminar. So um, I think that's an important consideration because I think so many times people have been to seminars where The speaker is obviously very intelligent, and it's kind of drinking from a fire hydrant almost, and they come away with the question, well, gosh, that was a lot of information, really smart doctor, but what the heck do I do with all that? So can we expect with this seminar to have pretty easy implementation? Will you be going over case studies? Is it gonna be pretty easy to implement the next Monday after uh, the seminar is concluded?
0: Yeah, I, one of the things that I try to pride myself on is making sure uh, people leave the day um, you know, not only hopefully walking away with a, a couple extra pearls, but more importantly, the way that I present the information is how I present it to the patient because uh, everybody in the room is smart. Everybody in the room is successful. Uh, everyone in the room has done their research and they know uh, what they know very well. I think what I uh, bring to the table is possibly the scripting. Yeah. And, I, and I, don't, I don't mean to water it down to, to that degree, but the, the information, but more importantly, how i describe this to the patient so that the patient understands because the 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 best protocol that a patient is going to do is is the one that they follow through with and if we can provide our very very smart practitioners nice analogies visuals um uh, 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 stories of how to convey this to the patient, some very complicated, uh, biochemistry and physiology. But if we can show how we convey that to the patient and the patient then understands if you've got a patient that understands you've got a compliant patient and then therefore more likely than not, you will have a, uh, a successful outcome. So I, I will go over, um, uh, the pathways, but I go over the pathways very often how I explain it to the patient mm-hmm. so that un- so the patient understands. Because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter what we know, it only matters what we can allow other people to understand, and yeah. that's that's our responsibility, our responsibility as practitioners as doctors, meaning teacher, is how do we teach this information to the public so that they understand how their bodies work, how the bodies can recover and repair. Because once we've done that, um, not only will you provide relief to them, but they will have learned something that no other doctor has ever given them, and then they go, with confidence telling other people hey my doc sat me down taught me this stuff i'm really confident with maybe not all the ins and outs but i'm confident they're confident with their protocol you got to check this person out so i i think if if nothing else and that does seem to be an overriding um comment from from people that have come to some of my seminars is that they walked away with conversational actionable uh, processes.
1: Well, I think that's huge right there. I mean, I think that right there makes it worth the price of admission for a lot of practitioners because that is the disconnect. A lot of times there I've talked to some very very smart doctors in fact I'm thinking of one that I knew many years ago right now one of the most brilliant doctors I've ever met he had uh, degrees in three different disciplines but yet he couldn't communicate to the patient somehow there was no there's very little follow-through and so therefore he ended up quitting practice and he's he's teaching at a college out west someplace uh, because he just couldn't make a go of it in practice now that's an extreme example but right. I think there are, you know, other types of challenges along those lines with even doctors, as you said, who are already very successful, already very knowledgeable. But there is sometimes a disconnect with the compliance part and how to communicate all this to their patients. So I w- I'm really happy to hear you say that because that is such a missing piece in a lot of these seminars, and just so huge in, uh, you know, not not only the success of the practice but moreover the success of uh, Follow through with the patient that's then going to feed back, of course, to the success of the practice. (laughs) So that's really, really I'll I'll give you an example. I was uh,
0: speaking at the University of Miami, their um, um, integrative medicine conference, I think it was last year, and I was asked to speak about the ketogenic diet and um, cognitive um, uh, issues. And there I was. Uh, on stage, speaking and quoting research from people who were um, who who did the research and were in the room. So I was a little little concerned. <laughs> I was a little little nervous that here <laughs> I was. I actually had a nightmare the a, a few nights before that I was uh, quoting their research uh giving them my interpretation and having them walk up to me and and in my dream the person said um that's not what it means at all (laughs) so uh, but in 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 uh in actuality what happened was i gave i gave people my interpretation of how to uh not only handle this but uh talk it through with the patient and the actual person who did the research came up to me and said I had never thought about it in that uh, in that realm. I had never thought about using uh, uh, that research for for this type of situation. He goes that I I gotta I gotta use that. So I think what I do is I take some research that I've read and I I do uh, boil it down to a, uh, an understandable, usable way.
1: Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to that, uh, right there just for my own, but I know the doctors that will be there will appreciate that as well. Well, I, I think that pretty much wraps up what we need to cover for this. So I really appreciate your time and appreciate you doing this and, and, um, looking forward to uh, meeting you personally and, uh, um, hearing what you have to say in this seminar and I know it's going to be great Uh, you come very very highly recommended by the way by some of the uh, other reps at Metagenics who have had you in their territory so I'm looking forward to having you in ours in the Midwest so once again for everyone listening it's uh, November 2nd that's a Saturday in Indianapolis then the very same seminar the following day in St. Louis. So uh, you can contact me if you're an Indiana practitioner and uh, contact Emily Smith if you're in the St. Louis area, and we'll take care of you along those lines. Uh, so Dr. Bergman, hang on. I'm going to log off here, but to have just a couple other quick issues to wrap up with you before I let you go, and um, we'll uh, then we'll uh, call it a day. So hang on. And uh, for everybody listening, I look forward to talking to you. Contact me directly again uh, for registration, and Emily, if you're in the St. Louis area. So thanks for listening, everybody.